Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. My guests today are Aaron Jupp and Jay Mankelo, uh, a couple of great guys from an accounting firm that's local here to Newcastle. Uh, it was great to catch up, talk through some COVID, which they had some great perspectives on. We jumped into businesses and, and again, they had some great insights because they're dealing with so many business owners. So I really think you could take some cool things out of this. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Brendan Osborne Podcast. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Brendan. Cheers. Uh, so to begin with, let's uh, dive into, we'll chat in a little bit beforehand just about the current COVID situation. Uh, you guys obviously being in accounting, finance, are dealing a lot with small businesses. Uh, just being on the ground, back and forth with so many people, what are you guys finding at the moment? I yep. guess we're... Yeah. We're finding a fair bit of stress, I yep. guess, out there within the business community. Um, it's something that the majority of people probably haven't dealt with in, in the past. Um, I, I take comfort in the fact that a lot of people are adapting to the new situation. Um, so it's, there's a fair bit of positivity out there, isn't there, Aaron? Yeah, so there's something that we've never seen before. So when, when you look at um, the last 10 years locally as well, I think we've had a pretty, pretty good run with... Um, local um, ec economics and local community. So we haven't really seen this, even even GFC 10 years ago, we never saw us impacted that much. We, we had the mining um, that was sort of propped up of coal prices and, you know, local local business and local building. So it's uh, it's quite interesting to see that um, backs to the wall, we've got people who are standing up and becoming better business people. Um, and because they've happened to really look at their business and to see, okay, how am I going to survive? And with the second wave or the fears of the second wave now coming to New South Wales, obviously uh, Victoria's been pretty hardly hit over the last month with it coming back up. But have, have you been talking to businesses? Are they more in fear now that this is second time around? Uh, is there strategy issue you guys are both talking about to obviously help them through this? I guess there's a fair bit of uh, businesses are getting back to the fundamentals or the basics, I guess. So they're now doing cash flow projections, they're doing forecasts, they're having a look and trying to see what the new economic environment might look like. Um, I mean, I guess in New South Wales we've been uh, pretty lucky, um, so to speak, at, at this present point in time, and a lot of people looking towards Victoria, um, what's happened down there with the most recent lockdowns and, and using that as a, as a guide as to how to sort of navigate the uncertainty going forward. Yeah, I think um, New South Wales is pretty new at the second wave so i think we're gonna have to just wait and see but if you take what's happening in victoria as a as a close um you know close lockdown position and where certain uh, businesses have to operate i think everyone in new south wales can take an example from those businesses and say okay here's um how it's going to happen and do i then um you know close my business or i change my staffing levels or to change my operations and if that's the case um, what can we do now to, to get prepared for that? And, and if you found you yourselves as individuals having a stretch in terms of now, I, I know with your business you're moving a lot into the advisory work. Uh, have you had to put more time into clients? Are you, are you moving outside the scope of just, I guess, accounting and finance and, ha and how are you supporting them that way? Absolutely. So I think um, with uh, understanding how um, local businesses are actually working uh, more detail that People are looking more at the cash flow you know, internally. They're looking at staffing levels. We're looking at um, you know projections uh, as well. And and to be honest, I, I think that um, you know, 
looking at um, at local local uh, economy, um, how we're going to see um, you know, how we're going to see a recovery is uh, is quite important. And, and a lot of people looking for finance and, and property and, and other type of things to to um, you know look forward to the future. I think as well. I think there's um, I guess with businesses businesses sort of moving forward in a different sort of space at present. Um, some have been impacted quite significantly and it's good to see that there's a lot of creativity. People have been forced to adapt and do things that they would never have really considered before. I mean, you just look at the hotels and restaurants that yeah. quickly turned into um, yeah, takeaway t- t- ventures. Takeaway, they've got the e-commerce system working at the yeah. web- website, the phone ordering and all sort of uh, activity. That uh, You look at the medical profession as well. They look at the telehealth. I mean, most of my medical professionals have now said that telehealth will be the way of the future. Yeah, because it just allows that more efficient um, um, health consult, and obviously there's going to be you know you need face to face, but that telehealth consult will just you know keep keep people um, more active and, and more efficient with medical practice uh, as well. And uh, I think it'll be for a script or, or a general advice, uh, the telehealth is is here to stay. I think that probably so. translates to the majority of industries. I think there's probably a lot of things that are Change. going to come out of this, and it's. It's better. going to be for the better and it's going to be sticking around. And we'll, we'll look right. back in five or ten years' time and go, I remember that COVID period. We have all of these great things that have come out of it. That's right, yeah, absolutely. So do you think a lot of businesses will be able to make these transitions stick? Because they can they can work. Obviously, the, the teleconferencing and the Zoom calls and all these sort of things work when they're driven by government rulings mm-hmm. uh, or when they're driven by fear. Uh, or like just for for most people being locked up in their houses. So if you, if you're locked up in your house, teleconferencing, Zoom calls, and everything works. But when you're not, what tends to happen there? So if you're able to go out, but then a business is attempting to make that change, do you think people will still go with the the new model in terms of teleconferencing, or do you think they might even seek out opportunities to go with what they've already known? Probably people revert back to what they know. Um, there's probably a small percentages of businesses out there that are creative and, and adopt change quite regularly in the ordinary course of business. Um, it, it's like uh, a, a lot of businesses out there are like individuals. You need some pain point to create some change. Um, you know, I mean, if you have a heart attack, you might change your diet or so to speak. So if COVID comes along and um, you know, I mean, demolishes your business. Um, that you, usually is rebuild. that pain point, yeah. yeah and you've got to rebuild, yeah. Rebuild for the better. Oh, that's, that's a lot of the business owners have found. I think they've, been, you know, they've really grown as business owners because they've never been through something like this before. And they've really had to change the way they, they work. So to come back to your question, I think there'll be a, a mix of the, you know, the, the technology sort of stuff, the, the, the Zoom and the, the other meetings type thing, but you're never going to get away from that face-to-face. That human contact is just, that's who we are. So the human contact is always going to be here. But for those, for the travel and the distancing and um, those people, I think it'll open up, um, how do I say this, open up business to a wider community. So, you know, we, we can do business via Zoom and, and Microsoft Teams and all these other avenues in different areas and we can have much more efficient business, uh, especially for professional services, um, with one-on-one with clients rather than simply over the telephone. And yes, no, no question about face to face is always going to be there um, for, for most businesses. But adapting changes and making a more efficient workplace within our, our businesses and our clients' businesses 
we'll um, we'll be here to stay. Back to the fear thing and the efficiency thing. So where I'm going with this thought is that if like right now, are you guys doing like any at home work, or have you brought everyone back into the office? It's probably a bit of a mix at this yeah. stage. I mean, the majority of people back uh, within the office, but some people are still doing uh, tasks and doing things outside of the office. And, and what have you noticed in terms of efficiency versus a, and the, the ability to communicate? So once all communication has gone to email and once all communication is just through phone call or Zoom calls, w- what about the efficiencies of the teams in between those things? So obviously if you have your office down the hall, uh, you have Mary just typing away doing her thing, you might send her an email at the start of the day even in office, but then also you do a walk past. And then you do a, how are you doing with that? And then she's also got someone else who's getting someone else from a leadership checking on that. And that machine obviously keeps everyone accountable, but keeps everything moving faster in terms of that, like, it's not like, all right, she touches base at the end of the day, send you something back, and then you have more mistakes to deal with because it wasn't picked up in the conversation 20 minutes later. So do you think that... Yeah, where, where I guess I'm trying to get my head around, my, my, my thought is that I, I, don't, I think it would lead for a more inefficient workplace in the future as opposed to it's more comfortable and more convenient for the employee, but as for a business model to churn or, or to pretty much put output, I, I feel like it would be like a detriment. You, you definitely need um, collaboration. Yep. And that, as I said before, like the, the one-on-one collaboration or a team sort of atmosphere, you, you, you need that human connection. And that's, that's never going to go away. But I think the efficiency of an office um, and, you know, a lifestyle, a lifestyle balance maybe, it, it, it could mean a little bit of time in, at home or the office to, you know, to, to get away from things. But I think, um, you know, to be honest, um, you know, the team and the one-on-one communication, I think, will we'll be here to stay. Yeah, I think there's <clears throat> an element of vibrance and culture that, you know, being, with, being within an office can't be replicated at home. Um, I found when we were work, working from home and, and the majority of the staff were doing so as well, you had to be conscious of going out there and making sure you had a video conversation with a staff member or, or a client to make sure you had that personal connection still. Um, you know, I was itching to get back into the office. Um, maybe that's because you know, I mean, we're business owners and we want to be able to see the staff and talk to them about the issues that they're having and... Um, but yeah, I was definitely itching to go back. It's the little, I think there's going to be the a little conversations. Yeah, quickly um, that go a long way, uh, especially throughout the day. I think yeah, that's that's kind of what you're saying. And as for and you brought up just the, the I guess the balance that and that work life balance during such a crisis during this mode for a business owner is, is this a time for balance? Like, are you are you are you are you digging in your heels? Are you shifting more? Uh, into the work focus to try to keep things going or, or are you trying to maintain that balance? What do you think? This this is interesting. I've had a number of conversations with clients that were, was actually, they were closed down um, or uh, were more in office and, uh, you know, sort of via video and, and things like that. And they've actually improved their um, improved their health. And I think it's a, it's a massive thing. Like uh, I've had a number of clients improve their, their lifestyle and their health uh, due to COVID. And it's because I've actually come back to prioritising a work-life balance. And after COVID, what does my work-life balance look? And how am I happier if, if it looks like this? And the answer is always yes, because they haven't had a chance. They've been so busy doing the rat race, the running around, to say, I need to make money. I need 
to increase my profits. I need to do these things personally. And now we're saying, well, okay, if you've got that lifestyle balance and you've been through COVID, you're still making money, how can we make those changes to actually get in, keep the business profits at a certain level, enjoy your lifestyle, maintain a healthy healthy eating and living and, and exercise and just round just just be a be a better individual and and i've had these conversations a lot for the last few months and uh, i think also with the, the the when you have been working at something whether it be for years or decades or months in terms of business when you can have something that can be so quickly taken away that's not in your control whatsoever i think it makes you think what's the value in something so like if someone's had their business just ripped away or their job taken they're like oh well i've been putting all this time and energy into this for so long and it's taken prior the priority of my day and my focus and it's just gone yet now i have my health that i haven't been paying attention to now i have like my family that i haven't been paying attention to and those things just can't be ripped away like a job or a career like so it's almost like almost a little slap on the wrist to like hey reset yeah, reset, and you've just you, you potentially you've been focusing on the wrong things and neglecting what you've been working on those things for. It's interesting. Like you, you, you go back to um, why, why, why do I do this, or why am I here, and all, all those type of things. You, you, you come back to you know I want to build a life for my family. I want to make some money. I want to build wealth and create some assets. And um, my business or what I'm doing on a day to day basis helps me achieve that. So I think um, resetting um, that lifestyle, that personal goal um, in collaboration with your business, I, I think that's a real um, interesting point that we've had discussions with our clients about. So. It's funny you say that, the, like the resetting. I mean, we're having plenty of conversations with clients who might have been, uh, like you said, in the rat race for 10 or 15 years, um, as Brendan said, to have the, the business sort of ripped away from them. Um, they've never really had the opportunity to get time away, spend time with the family. Um, now it's sort of re-energising the passion that they originally had. Um, you know, I mean, and just working with these individuals and That's business right. owners to re-establish a business that may may be vastly different yeah. from the original business. That's right, rebuild. And, and you're right. You, you're now talking about okay. Well, I've, I've got these priorities now. Um, I want my business here. How, with with the help of you know our services. How do I, you know, re, um, rebuild and restructure this business in a way that I can sustain it? I've got the right staff in the right yep. location, um, and just um, continue on with my business, and it's still it's still doing that um, uh, that lifestyle. And to be honest, um, <clears throat> once you talk about um, staffing levels, your income generation, some some growth strategies, and and those personal goals, it, it's just a, it's a different mindset. So I think. The Business owners are changing their minds or changing their mindset to say, okay, I don't have to settle how it was pre-COVID. I've now been through you know, a business close, close down or limited or no business and I can now see a better way to do things. Yeah. And, and I think that's the conversation we're going to have. I mean, we're going to have that conversation in the next 6, 12 months and um, I really i am pleased that um, I'm hearing a lot of good stories out of this as well. Let's pull that mic around. Yep. Uh, it's a great opportunity for people to reflect. Um, a lot of people don't necessarily re- reflect on the way the business is operating or what they're doing, what things they're doing well or what things they could be doing better 
or even looking at businesses who had um, neglected opportunities uh, because core parts of their business was doing so well. We're finding during this, uh, this process a lot of people having conversations going, well, I need to explore other avenue lines or different ways to do my business. Because, um, because a client has shut down or said their service is not, not yeah. needed and all these things. So all of a sudden we're now changing where we're getting our income from. Yeah. Uh, and that's a massive change for someone potentially has got one or two sources of large income. Yeah. yeah Sometimes it's a tough thing for, for people and, and business owners to reflect and reflect on the things they didn't do well um, and just supporting them through that brainstorming process to get an understanding of what might be working or what, may, uh, what was working um, can be quite powerful and motivating, I think, sometimes. And are you spending time with many of the people, Jay, for yourself, like right now, helping them reflect on that? Are, are you asking certain questions? Are you working them through it? Or is it you just find that people are just with that little bit more space tend to be reevaluating themselves? I think it's a combination of uh, of all of that. Um, I think depending on the nature and character of the individuals that are in business, some of them are, um, you know, I mean, phoning up and saying, "Look, I need some face to face time." Other one, others are just reaching out, grabbing the phone when they've got a difficult situation, then calling you and asking you for help. Um, others are a little bit more reflective. They might be writing a story or writing something down. Um, and then brainstorming, and they just want someone to support them through that process. Would you it's, agree? It's uh, clarifying, like some of those financial decisions as well. I think that that's a key thing. Yeah. So, in in, in amongst all of this, um, you know, let alone you know mental health and you know health issues that people are trying to get through with their family at home or you know homeschooling, whatever else, whatever the story is. The the biggest issue is okay, where am I going? Um, and let's just sit back and clarify um, where we want to go and just, just, just helping with those financial decisions. And, and a lot of that is lifestyle right now. A lot of it is lifestyle. Yep. Yeah. And, and you've made some big changes in your lifestyle. Like, wh- how much have you lost in the weight-wise in the last little yeah, bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually you, you, you were talking about the, like, the changes, but like, uh, again, a lot of people have made more conscious efforts towards health, but... They, there might be a lot more people out walking, but then they're also at home eating Doritos. So you, you've made some actual changes that have led to results. Yeah, so, so what have you been doing? And you, you've been talking about a few different ways, some Zoom and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look, I think um, it's it's interesting because um, I've actually lost weight during the Corona COVID uh, nineteen period, and it's um, it's a bit of self reflection as well, and uh, not being tied to the chair and and and, and emails all the time, but actually. Um, getting out and um, you know, doing Zoom personal training, uh, and then clearing the mind and uh, having having a bit of a wait time from the office, uh, and, and and creating just more uh, space, um, you know, to better help clients. Uh, I think it's important that regardless of um, you know, eating well and being fit, it's having a healthy mind. And once you have a healthy mind and you feel feel energetic and you know feel good about yourself. Uh, I think your your lifestyle changes and your decision making process is clearer, and I think you you can actually push that on to to your clients and helping them, um, you know, clarify. Hey, we've got one life, um, we want to enjoy it, but how can we enjoy our lifestyle and and achieve those financial goals um, that we want to achieve? Yeah, well, ultimately, it's all for you. Like, and that's where uh, back into that wake up call with the business. It's like if you're putting your mindset your mental wellness and your health at detriment 
for the sake of something else, it, it can't be for a short term period. Uh, it can't be for a long term period. Like you can take like I, I definitely believe that there's like you're constantly out of balance. It's pretty rare that like you might have periods of time where you're in balance. Uh, but it, it's all everything is also shifting. So in like a school holiday period, you, your family goes up, your work goes down. Uh, and then if you're coming, you guys into end of financial year or now with a lot of assistance through COVID, your work goes up, your family might go down. Like you're always out of it, but at the at the core of it is your health. Like it, it's it, it's you and it's your mental energy. Exactly what you're saying there. If and then that's the infection, and that's the infectious part to your business, like your business contacts it's, and your clients. It's energy, right? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So if you're turning up and you're bringing a better version of yourself to every one of those meetings, that's what your clients are going to feel. Um, so uh, how about yourself, Jay? Have you been looking for the health angle, or you've been how you've been handling that during COVID? Um, for me, it's probably refocusing, and I've spent a fair bit of time with the kids and. Yep. Um, I found that's quite enjoyable. I mean, for me, it's kind of um, realign some of those priorities that we're just talking about there, trying to shift that balance and get some of that balance back. Um, but like you said, it's always shifting. But I think it's important to recognise that there is some form of balance and that you're always working towards or trying to achieve a certain outcome and just keeping that in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And life is not perfect. Hmm. Uh, life is not easy. And for a business owner um, trying to achieve something in their in their financial lives, um, the balance is always out. And I think it's our job to, to again, I'll, I'll say that, clarify again, but it's our job to, to understand where they're trying to go and how we can help them achieve that. And even if you look at the small things like, my lifestyle is terrible at the moment. I'm always at work. I'm always doing these things. Okay. What can actually help you improve that? And whether it simply is some staffing changes or, you know, um, you know the key thing at the moment is, 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 is staffing and employees and, and uh, that, that vision. That, um, okay, well, I've got this vision of where I want to be in the next couple of years. Um, right now I'm trying to you know, generate, uh, you know, some profits to reduce my debts or home loan or buy this property or something like that. and But my lifestyle, you know, it, it feels like my lifestyle is, um, uh, you know, to, to the detriment of my lifestyle and my health. So it's our job to you know, have a look at that and, and, hey, make some simple changes to improve your lifestyle and also improve your mental health and uh, in turn improve that business. I guess like Aaron was just saying, like, talking having these conversations with clients you kind of understand that everybody's different everybody's aiming towards um, a different ideal life Um, some people might prioritize family or lifestyle in a different manner some people might be looking to be the richest person uh, in Newcastle or Australia other people are doing things for fame or fortune or maybe people are uh, doing it because they want to give back to the community Um, it's important to understand where people are going and what their own individual goals and aspirations are. Um, and we're constantly having these types of conversations with clients. So um, I feel like we have a good understanding um, about a client's path or their journey. And what are you seeing as the reality of, well, I guess you were working with a certain type of people. Business is a good one though, because that's uh, what has been, I guess, put out by media, who's been the heaviest affected. Uh but when you when you go to the shops, when you if you're looking at property or anything like that, the properties are being sold. The shops are full. <laughs> like so, 
from, I guess, your small pool of contacts, what are you noticing as people, the reality of people's actual financial positions? Like, are they hurt? Are they actually yeah. hurt? Are they still looking to move forward? Are, are they slowing down? Uh, how much were people allocating towards overseas spending, like travel that now they're reallocating? Like, are people, in your view, doing as badly as COVID would suggest in your small world? Or do you feel like they're still just moving forward and getting on? I think uh, there's a lot of optimism out there. Uh, and I think with some of the government initiatives that, that's come into place, so the JobKeeper system, the cash flow boosts, um, have, have probably helped the economy and it's kind of keeping it going. Um, one of the big concerns that I've always had would be the the ending of the JobKeeper. And there's a lot of people out there that may have deferred business loans and, and mortgages um, which are just accumulating. It's a, it's a higher amount that people need to repay at the end of it. And my fear would be that there's a fair bit of optimism out there that may um, be heading towards a cliff, so to speak. I do think JobKeeper uh, itself is proper. A lot of small businesses up, and I think it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, Thirty September, when the majority of the JobKeeper uh, subsidy yep. finishes. Uh, and is that still the case even with is with the second wave? Like in terms of, are they talking about extensions or is it just still that period of time? What There's an extension to March at present. So I call it JobKeeper 2.0 with a sort yep. of sliding scale and a reduced benefit there. And, and that's that's for people who consistently under that 30% turnover uh, drop from, from previous year. And that's fine. I, I think if, if you've actually seen a, a drop in the last six to 12 months in your business, I think that support is, is fine. But... What we're looking at is not just how we can use the government subsidies. We're actually looking at, okay, um, post-JobKeeper, do we have a sustainable business? And what is it you want to achieve there? Because take JobKeeper away, are we making money? And are we putting our energy into the right things? That's, that's quite an important conversation to have. And, and this is where the, the business owners have actually grown as individuals because they, they can see their businesses backs to the wall, haven't seen anything like this before, um, how can we minimise our costs and maximise our turnover just to stay, to survive? And the business model will continue throughout the years because we've actually restructured it in that way. So I think it's, it's um, you know, I think it's quite important to acknowledge that um, you still need to ask the question that is my vis- business viable and, you know, how can we make profits after COVID as well? And do you Absolutely. think people... Um, is there anyone in your world as well, and it's good just to get it, because you guys have such a big client base, you're dealing with a lot of different people who are actually uh, dealing with this uh, circumstance in many ways. Uh, is there anyone that would just go, oh, maybe your business isn't for me? Like, uh, Because th- there's this idea around, there's almost this romantic idea around owning a business where someone would be happier to work half as, or earn half as much money, work twice as hard, just for the sake of saying that they're doing that, what they love, which... For a lot of the case, a big part of the proportion of their business, what they're doing, is not what they love. Like you might have a florist who loves flowers, but ultimately they're just doing bookwork and stuff like that, running, trying to keep this thing turning over. Is there is there a point where someone, or if you've come across it, or even if you would maybe suggest it, that might be a very good salesperson, might be a very good finance person, might be a very good creative person that would just be better served working in a job? Do you ever see that? Look, Interesting comment, and I also understand like in, individuals are all different. And I think if you provide the right support, and you're talking about a team of people 
employees and support professional networks that actually help that person, um, you know, achieve what they want to achieve. And I'm not saying this fulfillment and that um, you know that personal that personal goal. So they they're great salesmen, but they're they're bad at these certain things. But if we can provide that support for them and you know potentially introduce other professionals to support them and the right staff their business might be very successful they're going to do what they want uh, as a fulfillment and enjoyment point of view and it's it's a win-win for everyone everyone so yeah i guess to say like if you were starting a business um your notion of the ideal business so your goal in the future may be very different than what you how, how the business is when you start um, and like Aaron was saying um, having supporting professionals in certain areas to to support you and I think from a personal standpoint um, being able to reflect on your own personal abilities both um, uh, you know I mean positive or strengths that you have equally as weaknesses and when you have that weakness reach out for help whether or not that's a professional it's a friend whatever it might be just bounce those ideas off off those people to support you on that path and journey. And everyone um, in business, you know, unfortunately has to do things they don't want to do all the time. Yeah. But, you know, if you, if you can get that enjoyment and fulfilment out of, out of something, you, you really just need support. And that support becomes um, from the various range of services that uh, yep. we help with. Yeah. I guess in reality, it, it's never easy, is it? Like, nobody ever says starting a business or, or, ever, or any of this stuff is going to be easy. It's, it's like hard. you were saying, but it's hard work. Yeah, absolutely hard work. But and it can be equally rewarding. And there's been a little bit of a glorifying of trying to get that, that grind and that hustle and, and trying to get people to, I guess, buy into the idea that it's, just, it's more about the work than it is about the outcome, which is great. Uh, but it also can be... You can ignore that the business that you're doing for the sake of the grind and the hustle isn't actually getting what you want. Like... The, the business is the, the middleman, if you like. So it's that if you want a hole in the wall, you need a drill. And the business is the drill, but you want the hole in the wall. So yes, the, the, the fulfillment is the thing initially, but then uh, it's the way, the way I look at it is that the fulfillment isn't necessarily the very specific thing. That, like, so what I mean is like, do you guys working with people in their finance and their businesses the fulfillment comes from the connection of the conversation. It doesn't come from business or finance. It's just it, it's it's your combination of the fulfillment with your knowledge that makes it a good package. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people think the actual business itself may be it, but then that's when it goes back to the reality of the grind uh, isn't the fulfilling part. That's right. Yeah, yeah, so you get back to the florist analogy. It could be the case that you love flowers, but when you combine that with the reality of running a business, you can grind and hustle all you want it may just not be the same thing. It may not bring the fulfillment, even though you love the topic. So that's where I think people need to understand. And it could just be an understanding for themselves is that like maybe I enjoy my work to a certain degree, but I get my fulfillment from these other things. It doesn't have to be that your business is your total fulfillment all the time. As long as it's not pulling you down, it's not wrecking your life, it's not causing you to hate your relationships, it's not making you too tired, you're not stretching yourself too much in something you don't like. There's definitely ways outside of the business and life that should be pointed to a lot more that uh, could to reach fulfilment in that yeah. sense. I think in a scenario like that, like if you were working with that business owner and you were delving into the details and getting an idea of what 
what they're passionate about and what the business looks like, there could be a great opportunity, you know, I mean, to get structures in place um, to uh, reduce the time spent on those mundane tasks as they grow the business and then really get back into the business and focus on the things that they're passionate about. Um, I mean, using the flower analogy, it might be uh, getting back to uh, the supply chain and going back to the land and actually growing the flowers and dealing with the flowers yourself that supplies your, um, you know, I mean, your florist business that you have. And yeah, and bringing them back to that passion. Yeah. Like that, that's the passion and that's a way, it's a great way to look at it because, and have has any of your clients thought about downsizing, which is sometimes it's a smarter thing to do. Like they could be like, they could go back, you might have a, a tradesperson or something, and they're like, I remember when I just went to do my trade, I, I got most of the margin, uh, I was yep. doing, but soon as they go to that growth phase, yeah. uh, then they put on employees, they have all these now problems, they might have multiple locations, yeah. and it's like all for this thing because the market tells you you should always grow and expand. Like if you're not growing, you're dying. Uh, but ultimately they've grown into a point that isn't what they like. I had a, um, a prime example of that exact situation. A um, couple of weeks ago, potential new client um, in the building construction industry. They'd been working through like a growth phase, but um, core to their business has always been like the relationship that they've had with their clients. And it's a family touch, a family-run building business. Uh, they tried that growth, growth um, stage. They tried to get a structure in place to pull the business owner away from dealing with the clients. Uh, they ended up finding out that the... Um, that the the personal touch and that um, that touch of their family and the creativity that they had over the projects was, was gone and was winning most of their business yeah. before that yeah and then pulled away from the the projects um, they lost some of the creativity so just talking to them about their own um, touch on every house that they built or the projects that they were undertaken yeah. you could see the passion and the fire that they had when they were talking about those things. Um, so there was a point and yes that if you ask them maybe it was a, a point of failure where they've tested something and it didn't work but obviously reflecting on that outcome and understanding um, why it went wrong how do you want to move forward and create something positive out of that and the, and experience that's, and the only way you're going to do that is, is, is sit down and having having those meetings with new clients and understanding where they're heading and where they're at and yep. you know, understanding those issues but uh, same situation where sometimes um, you know more headaches with uh, high, um, l- larger staff number numbers and looking to retire or succession plan and and how do we do that? We've got a large business that um, one of our clients is, is selling at the moment and they're, uh, they're finding that they 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 want to downsize, they want to reduce their workflow, but they're they're finding that they they've got a responsibility for their employees and uh, it's very very difficult now to to um, you know, sell down, retire, and, and that succession plan because we're at this stage that it's creating headaches, um, good good financial stability and, and good finance, but uh, and this is part of the challenge. From startup to, to sale and everything in between, there's challenges and, and ups and downs, you know, on a regular basis. Do you feel there's the demand out there anymore for people to take the risk of starting uh, a new business? Do you think things have changed over the last five or ten years? Look, I think um, the biggest thing is uh, uh, when, when you talk about um, social media and uh, the younger generation, everyone's real now, now, now. Yeah. So uh, definitely in the tech space and the social media space, um, 
um, Amazon, you know, just just you know products and sales and things. I think um, there's young entrepreneurs there that that want uh, everything now, now, now. They want a quick fix or they want a, a business that um, that can start up and and, yep. and, and make uh, make millions. But you know, if if you look back over the 10, 15 years, that we've, you know, we've been around it. It's always been that um, good attitude, hard working, uh, that person, that yeah. personal relationship that's built any business that's that's lost local. Yeah, um, and, and, it, and I think you always have to go back to that um, that core business. Why did I start in the first place? I mean, we were joking about it before um, before the podcast, talking about the uh, some people are just extremely successful because they come up with the perfect idea. Uh, well, they come up with a per- perfect business and they do land something. But yeah, you're right. The majority of people have to work hard on it. They have. It's that's not going to right. be easy, and it's not going to come overnight. Right. And we and, and look, that's that's what we're here for. Right? We're here for support and engaging those other other professionals as well. So, and that'll be interesting, especially with what you're saying with the younger people, uh, and, and also around the fears around it. Like right now, a lot of your client base are probably 30, 40, 50, 60. So they, they've grown up in the era with not really social media. It, it sort of hit them in there. Uh, in their 20s and, and 30s, if you like. So they're more traditional in their business sense. Uh, they're not real. They're, they're, they're seeing the people that light up on social media and make the millions and all that sort of stuff. But to them, it's just this other world. It's like that they're still so rare that it's still not feel felt as the norm. Yep. So they're not feeling that pressure. But it would be interesting, especially, and you guys over the next sort of five to 10 years, will start to bring in these businesses now who will be 20s and 30s, who will be experienced and who would have had the social media for the last uh, 10 to 15 years. And it's built a presence. Yeah, it's built a presence. And then they're all... They're all those people. It's like I've got I've got a friend. My friend does drop shipping and he makes money doing this. I've got a friend who just does influencer marketing and makes money from Instagram posts. So I've got a person who runs a YouTube channel. And in the next 10 to 15 years, it's going to all be that. Uh, and then that's going to be tied to the traditional businesses, and the traditional businesses will be lever- leveraging these types of people. But there will be a lot more, I guess attempts and a lot more failures and a lot more of social pressures where your traditional people now your 40s your 50s they've still got that old school model to run off they're not really interested in that so it's not really like a massive quick it's, and it's like the, it's like the storm analogy it's like quick to come quick to go whereas these businesses now are very slow they're very building uh very slow building and they're over time They've figured out the kinks and the errors. They've made little mini mistakes. Yeah, troll and error. They, they, yeah. they haven't. Um, they haven't overcompensated in like putting money into it. Um, they're potentially tied to to uh, parents that uh, have enough to support them financially in certain little gaps and stuff like that. Whereas now the younger generation will come through in just just saying they're 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 teens at the moment. Their parents might have only been in just say my generation, and a lot of them won't have a house because they, they, they couldn't get a mortgage and there's nothing to leverage there. So it's like a, the generation after the people coming through the new, that old traditional model has moved out. Uh, and then I think there's going to be a lot more fear. Uh, there's going to be a lot more attempts, but then it's all, a lot more also in your face that now the, 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 the occasional person that's blown up, it will be very prominent that most of the people out there are blown up. And then that pressure will be on them. And it'll be interesting uh, to, from an advisory point, to really help that younger demographic deal with that. 
because you'll be coming from, a, a, I guess, a different spot. It's yeah, definitely going to be interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting comment. So you, you, you sort of, you're saying that when you're looking at social media and, you're, and it's influencing your beliefs on um, the potential success of your business, when you're only seeing kind of snippets of these people on Facebook, Instagram, whatever it might be, making millions and millions of dollars in a short period of time, do you think that's affecting their vision of their business? Yeah, definitely. And, and from an Australian perspective, I feel like it seems like it's more of an US thing. So oh. it seems disconnected from it. Like, so if you were to, like, say, and I'm sure that there's many out there, uh, but in terms of very prominent, just say YouTube stars or like even esports or yep. Instagram and stuff like that, it seems like it's a US thing or an overseas thing. Whereas, like, if you think about the local area, and there's probably a couple of people who have done quite well in it. I, I'm just not familiar with them. Like, so you, you, you yeah. don't like, to me, it's still like you just on, on a day-to-day, -day, the reality is uh, traditional business people just doing little things. All right, I might try some Facebook marketing. I don't have this highly creative uh, output. I'm not like, I don't have a big following or on any sense. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like for me, it seems like it's more of an overseas thing. But I'm sure that like what happens in the US tends to happen here five years later. Yep. Uh, so it will become more prominent uh, and there'll be a lot more fear uh, and there'll be a lot more people around you in your day that will make you be feeling like crap about yourself because you will have, if, if you're, especially in, in Australian culture with being tall poppy, I, I just don't think we'll handle that well um, because if you have friends that aren't in groups supportive of each other, and that they can put a video on YouTube and make $40,000 and you can't make that in a year, yep. our culture will tend to lead towards not really liking that and, and trying to shame that out. But that, that's going to be the, the most of the people at the moment, uh, okay. in the future, not right now. Do you think Australia and Australian businesses and even the businesses in the local area have an opportunity to take advantage of that platform? Or like you said, you know, I mean, it's the majority of the US at the moment. Yeah. Um, does that mean that we don't have the same opportunities or you just think the opportunities haven't come for us just yet? Well, we, we have the same opportunities in ability. We have the same opportunities in access to information. Yep. Uh, the, the, the only thing probably at detriment a little bit more would be population density. Okay. So in terms of reach, like yep. if you're posting stuff, um, like if you're doing a post and you've got like a Los Angeles tag in it mm -hmm. you, you you're getting it out there amongst like a big sea of 20 million people yep whereas if like because how like it works a lot locationally first so if you're doing it here and there's not as much engagement it doesn't get a time for the bites obviously there's more people doing it but the, if you just think of it like a fish frenzy i, I, I think um, i think in australia you, you're going to find that it's just going to take a little bit more time and and you're right it, it's either going to take um the time for um, those people to, to stop and start businesses or to do multiple things because we're not going to have that demand for that Australia or, or even the, uh, the backing or um, the money that uh, the states have and things like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and just back on to Jay was saying, I, I think, yeah, the local business, like there's, there's a huge gap for it. Like, and, and that's what we were talking about a little bit before. It's definitely going to be the separator um, between like – there's going to be a point there's already like uh, like less people doing facebook advertising like google ad, uh, google ads are going to be increasing and they increase over time all these services people doing radio and tv 
Yep. With people moving on to Netflix and stuff like that. TV's obviously going away with people listening to podcasts. Radio ads will come down. So these are all the things that the traditional uh, businesses used, um, even mail-outs, but we're, we're convinced now that I've been taught the mail-outs don't work because everyone's online. So yeah. the, the, there has to be a point where they're trying to move to a channel which is where people's attention is at. Yep. And that's where they have to move. Otherwise, what will happen is like you just say, you you, you might have five competing um Accounting, yeah, yeah, accounting businesses that have the market share between you and then suddenly one comes out of nowhere and, and takes 50% of all five. Yep. Just because they're more engaging, they're connecting with more people. So it, it all just depends who wants to be the, the one. And, and it depends on the business goals. Like if you want to really aim to be the, the, the biggest thing in, in your area or, or nationwide or not even just globally, then that's fine. But then it goes back to what we were talking about before with the goals and, and simplifying. So it, it's like you may not need to get sucked into that because it ultimately competing with that then and you, you're not very good at it, then like it's going to be very frustrating for you. Yeah, I think, um, I think as well that if you take, for example, you know, the business goals and where they want to go and where they want to achieve, um, you know, you need that support people. So, you know, everyone's not an expert in social media. Everyone's not an expert in um, law and estate planning or websites or branding and marketing and I, th- I think that's where we we can see a need for it where we can you know bring together those professionals uh for that marketing marketing sort of side of things uh, you know legal side of things um you know all, all the other professionals uh, financial planning other services that um just gives business a, businesses that edge and it's about identifying that and you're only going to do that if if you sit down with your client and work out okay well, where, where am i where do I want to go and where do I want to be? Some clients may want to be happy with the status quo and, and, and that's fine, but there's a lot of clients asking questions. A lot of clients asking questions, okay, um, this is where I'm at the moment, this is where I want to go. So, okay, let's dig in a bit deeper on where you want to go and why. And if, if, we, if we don't have the answers, we're working out a plan. And that plan involves, hey, marketing strategy, a social media strategy, something like that, or uh, quite simply you know, a new brand, a new direction or um, new products or new services and, you, and you're looking at, okay, well, what, do I want, what do I enjoy doing and where do I want to go with the business and, uh, and that in turn um, helps my enjoyment and fulfilment and also um, you know, my lifestyle, you know, that coming back to that balance and that lifestyle. Yeah, and where I think people are coming to head with that is that if you have all these things, like, all right, one, you want to go down the social media route or if you need the website or if you need all these things, like, you either have to do, like, two things. You have to allocate capital or you have to allocate time, your time, to do the research to learn the thing. So from the point of... And then also you're linking that back into people's lifestyle and if they've got, like, retirement plans and stuff like that, it's like it's like everything comes to each other. And so it's like, well, I don't have the time because I'm not going to spend time learning how to like edit videos or build a website and stuff like that. Also too, I'm not willing to do it, even though it's it's quite a simpler process now than ever, that if you did allocate a, probably a little bit of time, you could do somewhat good things or good an, enough. An, 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 okay, an okay job. Yeah, yeah. But t- take, take the doctor and the dentist. You know, you, you go to the dentist to you know, improve your teeth or you, you go to the dentist to fix 
like something, uh, you know, and, and same with the doctor. You you have those specialists in your um, in your network mm. to you know improve your life in, in some way and improve that lifestyle and that balance. Mm. And, and that's exactly what we do. We we bring together those professionals, okay, and and we, we identify the need for them. And you know you want to uh, you're good at multiple things, um, but you're passionate about you know, one or two things. Go and enjoy your passion. Go and enjoy your lifestyle. Bring together a bunch of people that can help you support that, and uh, away you go. I think life will life will uh, lifestyle will be improved. Yeah, I guess I think that's the struggle that a lot of business owners kind of have, uh, where they're uncertain about something. They believe that it it's core to the business growing or moving forward, but they still struggle with that. Do I engage someone? Do I try and do it myself? It's, it's money. It, it honestly, yeah. it honestly is money, and sometimes you have to spend money to, to make money. Yeah. And, and and unfortunately, you've, you've got to you've got to have the, the right um, skill set and the right. Um, you know, it, it might might mean um, you know sitting on something for six months just to just to understand where I'm heading and, and how it's going to help me. Yeah. But um, you know, investing in your business for a purpose that you actually enjoy doing, um, it's going to give you some fulfillment. I think what Brenda was saying before about time, time's extremely valuable. And if, yeah. I mean, if you don't yeah. have any time, people tend to put this stuff off. They put it off for six or 12 months, I'm going to do it. But equally, there's a, there's a cost to the loss of opportunity um, that a lot of people and businesses don't necessarily weigh up when they're making that decision originally. You go back to pre-COVID and in the rat race, you, you, you've, you've now changed your mindset to... Um, totally different structure of your business and totally different lifestyle. Uh, how can you put that in place to improve, um, you know, that work-life balance in, in the future? Uh, that's, that's important. Yeah, yeah. I've I've always had the belief, uh, well, not always since being in business, that you should do some time allocation towards learning the thing um, because exactly what you said. So what what the, the the challenge that I see a lot of business owners have is they might engage a consultant or they might engage someone who can do the strategy or the direction. So just say if you're doing social media, it's like, all right, here's the strategy, here's the direction, uh, but you also have to get this the content creation sorted. So now they've hit two issues because they've outlaid capital and they've still got to put the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and then it's like, and then you have the, the challenge of, all right, you then outlay the capital for someone to create the content, just say, but that content isn't really understood by the person creating it. So then you have a disconnect from your audience anyway. Yep. So like uh, the, the way I see it uh, is most business owners should on some level be some for, for form of content creation themselves to have that true voice. I think if you're in a decision-making position, like a business owner or on the board of a, a business and you're in a position where you've got the power to make decisions, I think it's your obligation to... Um, to have a, an understanding of something. Like, yes, you might be a small business owner. Um, and, I mean, we, we have, I guess, I guess, business conversations with clients all the time and we're, we're coming across and we're making these decisions. But you're making decisions based on information and knowledge. You need to have an understanding to be able to make that, that decision. 100%. And that's where, and that's, that's where a lot of them go. And they, they just want to... All right, that's done for me. I quick, just want it done. Quick I, fix. Yeah, quick yeah. fix. I want it done. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't. And, the, and that's where you come back if you're in uh, or if a person is in any sort of victim mode where they're, they're telling people the story about how busy they are. It's like I can't handle anything more. And like you're saying, if you're not willing to handle more, you're going to miss the opportunity. 
Definitely. You're not, you're not going to be able to grow. And at what point do you take that Char- personal ownership and just make, go... Make a change, take responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. nothing's going to change until you make a change. Yep. Otherwise, it's the same. Same, same. Yeah. Nothing changes. Status quo. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You'll, um, you'll make the same money, you'll in the same, same position, yep. same sort of lifestyle you're in, you're in at the moment uh, until you make a change. And, and I think it's important to sit back and acknowledge that. Definitely. But if, you, if you don't put something in paper and in writing... And say, so, yeah, I'm I'm willing to change because I want I want to achieve this in my life. Yep. Um, I think it's it's very important to sit back and do that. And I think if you want to be held accountable, um, have those uh, professionals and those you know support people like ourselves in place to um, to to help you with that. Yeah, and and the best way to have that accountability is either two things: pay someone money, uh, or be around someone whose opinion that you care about so much that. If you were to let them down, you would feel bad about it. Right. So that, that comes back down to the accountability piece. Yep. Um, advisor or someone that's close to you, um, like you just said. Yep. Uh, do you think that's the? Do you think they're willing to listen to advice, or that's their motivating factor? Uh, how do you mean? Um, like you're talking about being close to somebody. Yeah, yeah. Close to someone where you, if you didn't do something, yep. you would feel like you said, let down or disappointed yeah, yeah. that you let that person down. They're yep. obviously drawing from that. And that's their motivation. You're surrounding yourself with like-minded people, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, so, so are you saying uh, is the reason for the relationship because you know that they're going to prop you up? Yeah. Uh, I, I think if you look about it, like like I, I, if you're a smart person on any level, I don't think you're going to be ignorant to the fact. Yep. Uh, so, I, I, But I don't think that makes you a bad person because it's like – it's like you would tell your kids at school and as adults we don't follow this advice. It's like hang out with people like who are good kids. Yep. Who have behaviours that we want you to have. Like, so why not follow that model as an adult? Like so it's like, all right, I don't currently have a lot of the behaviours that I would like in myself. Um I, I, and it's it's I, I think of it more in the behaviour sense as opposed to the outcome. So it's sure. like I'm not hanging out with like people who make a lot of money because I want money. I'm hanging out with people who love learning, who are really good at connecting with each other, who are passionate about their life, who seem to have a great attitude towards family, who have a great attitude towards work, uh, who have a great attitude towards self-development, and the outcome is going to be this. So I think if you... Well, you, you go in this sense. If you're just... And we'll go back to the thought on if someone was just lucky making business... Uh, and made a lot of money. If your goal was to make more money and you spent time with that person, you're probably not going to learn a thing. Yep. So I, I think if you focus on the behaviours and you spend time with people with better behaviours yep. and just you're not in control of the outcome regardless. So if you think that you're going to make money from X, Y, and Z and you think you're in total control of that, you, you, you're a bit crazy because who knows what would happen. And this is like two people could do identical things and totally different outcomes. So it's just like you have to put the effort in, you have to put all that you can into something with the hope of the outcome, but yep. you, you're not in control of the outcome. And I, I think the, the business relationship is important. And I think if, if you are surrounding yourself with those type of people, you're, you're, you're getting to the point where you're... Uh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. That's all right. So, uh, and two, what will happen is if you, if you... It's not even about selecting new people. I think when you... Uh, start to improve your life, you, you have new health habits, you, you really try to step things up, you, you're focusing and you start speaking really positively about your partner or your kids. 
um, and you're not hang- you will naturally detract from anyone who doesn't do that. Mm. So it's like you having conversations where where people talk poorly about their wives or their partners. You'll start to go, what What are you doing? Like, and you will pull away, and that will create space. And, and you need that space. So I I think there's on, there's only so much space you have in your life. Obviously, if you have family, if you have work, all that sort of stuff. But in terms of friendships and that. You have to clear out the bad to create the space for the good to come. Yeah, and, and I think where I was going was the fact that it's the same with clients and, and, and friends and business owners. If, if, you, if you're with like-minded people, you tend to um, be driven by those people as well. And it's the same thing with uh, our clients. I mean, we love our clients. We, we've got invested personal relationships with our clients. And I think generally uh, we care about our clients. And those clients that we want to work with are those people that we enjoy uh, not so much hanging out with, but actually we, we've got a good relationship we, we, we connect with um, and we've got a great um, back and forth relationship with, um, hey, I'm here to help you um, and this is where you want to go, so this is where we think you should go. So it's, that's, that's the point. So the client relationship um, is very important to us and that care factor is very important. And, and I think that's where we see a lot of our future clients as well. We see our future clients being those people that we can connect with that have got a collaboration that we can support and um, grow and go on a journey with. And I think anyone's financial journey is, is um, um, quite, um, quite special. So you know, for, for us as advisors to actually help someone on their financial journey, whichever it is, you know, through business, through, through other um, hobbies or whatever, um, it's, it's satisfaction and fulfilment uh, for me as well as an advisor because you know, we're helping them achieve something. Um, that as a collective, as a bit of a team, um, I, it's them achieving something. And that's, I think that's most rewarding for us as advisors, that they're achieving something in their life that they never thought they could. Yeah. And, and we're, we're bringing that together um, with our services. You know, so. Yeah, and I see a lot of connection with uh, the, the financial advisory and health. Like yeah. I, I see a lot. The, the, the way that could be seen both of those things is really they give you the ability to have experiences without feeling like you have to hold back. Like if you have a really strong financial background or like financial habits that are leading to a, to give you opportunities, you can, and it's not about buying stuff, but it's about not having to hold back. So if you go to a restaurant or you want to take someone to a restaurant, you can actually just pick something that you like. It's not a choice by that. The same thing is like um, with, with like to say, if it's weight loss or if it's health, you, you pick things because they just make you feel good and the experience of it versus trying to hide your body. Or you're not sitting there thinking about like, oh, I can't go for a walk up this mountain because I, 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 I'm just struggling too much. Or so, And it links into um, the experience of, and again, it's easy enough to, to do the cliche, it's not about material things, but if you are driving a, a nicer car versus a car from like 2002 that's run down, you're going to be in a different mental state. And it's actually becoming the best version of yourself. I think we talk about this a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how can you become the best version of yourself? Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's a reflection. So uh, I think, um, yeah. Cool. Uh, and so, Jay, did you have anything else we wanted to cover there today and anything else you guys wanted to cover today before the end of we wrap it up? No, I'm fine. Yeah. Well, I think the only thing I'd probably add on that is we're just t- talking about personal development and – it's interesting when you're talking to both individuals and business owners, just talking them through trying to make yourself more valuable or the business more valuable. There's a lot of external 
uh, influences out there, maybe the economy, the market, whatever it might be out there that you des- you don't necessarily have control over. But you can control what you're doing. You can control what you're learning and how you're developing your own skills and character and, and personal traits and relationships with individuals. So work on those aspects. Yeah, the That's personal, something that I feel personal development important. I think is 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 becoming quite important, uh, especially during this COVID period. Definitely, I, I said it, I'll say it again that business owners are becoming more uh, they've, they've grown in the last few um, few months because uh, backs to the wall, we've had to survive and it's survival mode. Yeah, and um, you know, very proud of a lot of our local business owners that how they've come to come through. That. Well, and, and do you think though we would be able to? And it goes back to our linking into what we we're talking about. Uh, with the uh, the remote working and the Zoom calls and that, do you think that without the need to grow, people will back off? Or do you think that they've found some foothold in it and the improvement? Because you, like you said, back to the wall, like you, you have to claw your way out of it. Yeah. But if that gets to a point of a little bit of a safety net out of it, uh, is is that still there? Is it actually like this self-sort-out personal development? And that's, that's what, from, from what I believe anyway is the difference is like, you will obviously have some event that propels you into wanting to improve. Mm. There's no doubt about that. Um, but if it, then that tends to push you into a, a path or a momentum that that thing has disappeared from. Yep. And then you still continue to move on. Yeah. But if they don't have the financial crisis or the COVID or anything like that, are these business people going to still... And it goes back to our original thought. Yeah, about the heart attack. But I think that's the... I think that's our role as advisors, right? To yeah. be able to keep yeah. them on that path, keep them accountable yeah. and remind them of that situation. Yes, it might have been a dire straight situation with COVID that's forced you to change, but that shouldn't stop you from forever yeah. uh, changing improving, and moving forward yeah. and improving. That's right, yeah. And I think like remembering the old ways, yep. I think that's going to be important. Hey, look, we, we used to do it like this, but that's not the way we do it now. Yep. And I think don't fall back into that old way or that old mentality is that this is this is where we're going through now we've changed we've, we've adapted we've evolved and this is the way we do it now so so getting back to you know not going back to our old ways and uh, seeing real change um i think that'll that'll um, improve businesses uh, um improve business owners mindset and their, their lifestyle as well hopefully um we take good things out of it yeah absolutely yeah. All right, gents, well, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Awesome to have a chat, and we'll definitely do this again soon. Thanks, Thanks Brendan. Brendan. Thanks for joining us on the Brendan Osborne Podcast. 